Talk Zone presents Two Guys on a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys on a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome, everybody. Welcome Thursday edition of the TalkZone.com. Two guys at a mic show. Thank you so much for joining us. Beautiful, beautiful Thursday. Our show, of course, emanating out of the fine city of Chicago. We appreciate you taking a little bit of time out and joining us, talking a little sports some more here on the Two Guys at a Mic show. We do much, much appreciate the listenership. We will uh, do our best to entertain, if not inform. I don't know if we really inform. I don't think we can pull that mantle. On occasion, possibly a slight version of entertaining. We do what we can. The big dog and the coach at your service. And, of course, the award-winning music here by the TalkZone.com. Not sure if there's new, this is new music or not, but it does have a familiar ring to it. That's <laughs> my way of getting producer extraordinaire David Olson mad right in the beginning of the show. I almost, almost enjoy doing that. Big doll, let's uh, welcome in my good friend. If you can't see him here on the uh, video screen, because uh, David, we are still, um, people can, what's, what's the terminology here? But we're not just doing the show verbally over the internet, but people can still see us. Yes, we've got a video cast going on. Yeah. A video cast. Video cast. Yeah. Outstanding technology. Now they, they can hear Joel, but there is actually a picture of Joel up on the screen, right? Absolutely. Who selected the the picture? Is it hopefully it shows Joel's better side? It's a very good picture of Joel. Beautiful. Yeah, not so good of me, but I don't look very good live. But big dog, the picture of you is outstanding. In fact, you outshine me, my friend. How are you? Well, it's good to know that I'm outshining someone, Coach. Yeah. Even if it has to be you, because and, and you know, and for physical attractiveness, I really, I think that's kind of like winning the Gold Glove in left field, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow, cheap shot, my friend, cheap shot. Yeah, and with your bald head, you, you, you're you going to outshine a lot of people if I can fire right back at you. But, hey, you know, put any of that bomb on, the okay? pressure <laughs> pressure's on me every day. I got to look good. I got to, you know, go makeup. You know, God forbid we actually had a makeup. I, I'm in front of the cameras each and every day. You have the same damn picture. You got no pressure on you. You do have an excellent point there. Yeah. Uh, I will give you that. I, yeah. I have no problem. I just have to get a computer situation uh Figured out a little bit, Coach, is all I need. Maybe we could get like a, 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 you know, like 15 or 20 pictures of you and do one of those murals that, you know, if somebody flips it, it actually looks like you're moving and it would become almost more of a realistic video of you. That's not a bad idea, Coach. I'll be more than happy to uh, yeah. do that. Actually, you know, I'll be coming in next week. Wow. Hopefully not on Monday because I won't be here. Well, th- Monday would be a bad day then, I would assume. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to make it on Tuesday then. Okay. I think it would be a shock to all the Talk Zone employees, which basically is David Olson, assistant producer Randy, uh, or the other, I forget Randy's last name, Randy Myers, and like one or two ghosts walking around. This place is like ghost town after the show, but feel free to come in and say hello to the people that aren't here. Yeah, they pretty much got rid of all the extraneous people there, didn't they? It's unbelievable. They yeah, yeah they, they they were basically like uh, David Olson run the place. It's yeah, if empty desk and empty offices were worth something. We'd be very wealthy here at the talk zone. <laughs> it's unbelievable. But uh, all right, we got lots to talk about here, big dog. A big day in sports. Of course, we got the Bulls taking on the Atlanta Hawks here in Chicago. That is 
first and foremost, but we also got to mention the Miami Heat eliminated eliminated the Boston Celtics yesterday. Tight ball game went down to the finals, and uh, LeBron James in the final minute hit a couple of big three-pointers. Did you get a chance to watch that ball game? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I watched the game, Coach. Uh, and it was it was really remarkable because the problem with the Heat all season long is they haven't been able to close games out. Close games, they lost far too many of them as, you know, as, as opposed to what they should have. And, you know, I didn't know what the final numbers are. I just saw it. It was they closed the game out on a 16 to nothing run. Typically, you're going to win games like that because normally you're not losing by 15 or more, you know, points. So that, that's pretty unbelievable. And it was the defense of the Heat that I was the, the most impressed mm-hmm. with. But you know what I'm liking now is the Heat celebrated like they won the championship. Everybody now was like, oh, you can't yeah. stop LeBron and Dwayne Wade. This is exactly what the Bulls needed. I'm not kidding you. Yeah, I want to talk I'm about that. It's an, I, 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 I'm happy about this. Really okay. happy. Oh, there, there's that psychological aspect. Mm-hmm. We'll bring that up. The uh, the interesting way of which uh, some of the Miami Heat celebrated. I want to bring that yeah, what, up. What, 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 seriously, I thought these guys' goal was to win the championship. Yeah, it was yeah. Uh, I, I hate to criticize... Unless someone's, you know, making fun of the other team, then I'll criticize. But I hate yeah. to criticize someone with an overly emotional reaction, uh, you know, on a victory because, as you know, it's one of the things I love about sports, the raw emotion. Yeah, so I, I, I'm, I, you know, I'm a little torn on this one, but it was odd that LeBron James is, like, kneeling down. Like he can't gather his emotions together to even stand up after they won for a good, like, 30 to 45 seconds. Yeah, see, coach, and you know what? Kind of, I was thinking. I was like, I thought it was like fake, and trying for the spotlight. Also, I couldn't oh, tell. Boy. Either way, either That's way, a... it was not. A, I didn't. He's he has put himself in a no-win situation. So I don't know if it's all my preconceptions that make me feel this way about the guy. What was or, the first thing you said? You said because the trying for a spotlight, thats I don't think it's true, and that's pretty severe criticism. What was the first thing you said? It's either. Well, it, it, oh, it's either that, or it's the fact that he got way too overly hyped up for reaching okay. the conference finals. When yeah. He still has, what, dinner and dessert to go? Yep. You know, that stupid, I had that breakfast, this lunch. No, come on, LeBron. You yeah. sound like a moron. I, I, I used to love this guy. Okay, I kind of, I kind of like that concept after after winning their first series against Philadelphia. Okay, okay, I'm mad that I didn't think of it. Okay, coach, that's what I'm mad about. It's, a, it's okay. just delivery. But, but boy, it was just you know a second round victory, and it was emotional because they beat their arch rival, the Boston Celtics. But uh, I, I was surprised at the reaction. Notice I said surprised. I, I'm not ready to criticize it yet. Um, it was just it was it was odd to see it. Yes, I'll leave it at that, Coach. I'm not, mm-hmm. I don't want to bash it either, but I was kind of scratching my head a little puzzled, mm-hmm. wondering if things just don't add up. And Boy, and he hit a couple of huge three-pointers. I love what Doc Rivers of the Boston Celtics said after the game. He said, you know, the last five minutes of the game, they hit bad shots and we missed good shots. When one team hits bad shots and the other team misses good shots, you're bound to lose, and that's what happened. That's pretty much the case for the Boston Celtics. They had opportunities but couldn't get uh, round ball into round hoop. Yeah, and, and some of them must have been because they were tired. You could tell they weren't getting left on their jump shots. Uh, they kept coming up short. Maybe you know, that's what happens. You know, you play playoff basketball, you play 100 games a year for four years in a row. Eventually, maybe it catches up to you. They looked old and slow. They really did. Mm-hmm. It, and I, I'm not 
knocking down the Heat's accomplishment. Like, oh, it wasn't really a yeah. true win. But the Celtics did look old and fun. Rondo was hurt. Shaquille O'Neal didn't play at all in the series. There was one area where the Celtics looked very quick. And that was post-game, with the exception of Ray Allen and Glenn Doc Rivers, two of the classiest guys you ever want to meet in any sport. They looked very quick, big dog, after the game was over, shooting themselves into the locker room and not yeah. even shaking hands. I thought that was Bush League. You play a hard-fought series like that, you stick around. It's one of the beauties of the game. You don't have the you know NHL lineup for the handshakes, but it's typical in the NBA. After battling with each other for five, six, seven games, the hugs, the mutual respect, I think that's nice for the kids, for uh, even adults like us to see. And the Celtic team just quickly left the floor, except for Ray Allen, and the more I watch and see and hear of Glenn Doc Rivers, their coach, he's one of my favorite coaches in all of sport. He stayed out there and congratulated each and every Miami Heat player. Um, because Glenn Doc Rivers is an awesome coach. Incredible. Uh, they, without a doubt, one of my favorite coaches yeah. that have ever donned a suit on the sidelines in yeah. the NBA is, is Glenn he, Doc Rivers. He exudes class. Uh, you know, You know, I've said it. You ever you you always ask me who do you want the Bulls coach to be? I always say Glenn Doc Rivers. Mm-hmm. You know, every time they have a, a job opening the last couple of years, mm-hmm. you know, I know that you know it most likely isn't going to happen. I just figured as a, maybe as a Chicagoan, yeah. it could somehow been backdoored. But I'll take Thibs, no problem, or whatever the heck his name is. But did did you think it was Bush League the way the Celtics quickly and very athletically, by the way, left the floor? Uh, I, I will not be duplicitous, coach. One of the one of the most vile things I thought, it, and I'm very happy about it, was when the Detroit Pistons walked off the court yep. on the Bulls during the 1991 Eastern Conference Finals. And I remember the smirk on Michael Jordan's face, like, yeah, you guys, we just swept you out, and you can't even acknowledge the fact that mm-hmm. uh, we beat you. Cause, and the Bulls will admit to this day that the Pistons were part of the process. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you know, looking back now, it showed their true colors. That, you know, they couldn't deal with it. You know, and, you know, it's, it, what really should have happened is, you know, uh, Isaiah Thomas, Bill Lambert should have been like, all right, guys, go get them. All right, you know, we're passing the baton to you, yep. but instead they act like a bunch of douches. Yep. So it's very similar, Coach. Yep. Character, character is uh, not shown so much in the uh, the heart of victory. True character is shown upon defeat, how you react when there are tough times. It's easy enough to live life like a song when life, oh, boy, I messed up there. It's easy enough to, it's easy enough to be pleasant. When life flows along like a song with the man worthwhile is the one who can smile when everything else goes dead wrong. True character is shown in moments of disappointment, Big Dog, and I truly believe that. And I think uh, that's what Doc Rivers or Ray Allen showed and the rest of the Boston Celtic team did not. No, they did not. It's, it's, it's yeah. you know, whatever. I, I didn't expect it out of Big Baby Davis and, and, and mm-hmm. Kevin Garnett is no. odd. Yep. He's, he, he's another guy that has, uh, you know, his moment of fame, hey, I just won the, the NBA title, goes down to him screaming on 10 7 on ABC, a bunch mm-hmm. of F bombs. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, we all have like the moment. Like the Michael Jordan moment is usually played. But when you think about him like off the court, him crying with the basketball after he came back when he mm-hmm. went on. Uh, that that was Day. cool. Yeah. That so was that's cool. Totally different. That was the, the crowning point. That was the the pinnacle moment of the season. They had just won the championship. You can do whatever the heck you want to do mm-hmm. at, at that point. You know, like you, we we have these moments. And it's funny, like Kevin Garnett, I remember him just dropping F-bombs. <laughs> really? And like with Tim Duncan, Wait. like when I think of Tim Duncan, it's always him on the podium like, oh, thank God I can finally go to sleep for like a month. You know, because like, you know, that guy's like the biggest pothead in all the sports. <laughs> the fact that he can... He won four NBA champions. He can barely hold up the trophy, coach. So, 
That's why he's, I always wondered how he could remain so mellow in the midst of intense competition. I never knew. Oh, you don't know about that, Coach? It's well known. It's well known. Yeah. You know the NBA doesn't test for marijuana. Really? You do realize this. No, I when don't. When was the last time you heard somebody suspended for marijuana in the NBA, Coach? Interesting. <laughs> it's Interesting. never happened. Yeah. I wonder if, you think head coach Greg Popo in their uh, team meetings, you think the, you know, they sit down with a Tim Duncan and Greg Popovich and maybe uh, gather some moss together, if you will? For as well known as it is, it'd be impossible for Popovich not to know that. Uh, that and I, I, you know, it's more than just uh, Tim Duncan. You you realize that not, there there's myths and like there's been articles like in Hoop magazine that like uh-huh. like seventy percent of all American born players uh, smoke weed regularly. Hmm. So it, it, believe it or not, coach, it's a lot. It's a lot more prevalent than you might think. Okay. Based on that statistic, can we uh, dispel the rumors of Omar Ashik? Yeah, we can do that. Okay. Do you remember Steve Kerr? Steve Kerr said it when he was on the Steve Bulls. Steve Kerr! And somebody asked him, like, why are the Bulls, like, so much clearly a head and shoulders above everybody? He's like, I don't, cause we don't have any pockets on our team. <laughs> he didn't say that. <laughs> he said something to that effect, Coach. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Love Steve Kerr as an announcer, by the way. Thoroughly enjoy him. Reggie Miller, by the way, and the uh, who was he doing? He was doing the Celtics game yesterday, right? He, uh, Little was that who it was, Coach? You know, I don't even listen to the announcers anymore. I, I really think it was don't. Marv Albert and Reggie Miller. A little too mellow for me. Yeah, that was an intense game, and yeah. especially the way the that fourth quarter was some intense basketball. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, it took Miami a long time to climb back into that game because nobody was scoring any points for the first six or seven minutes of overtime. Mm-hmm. So, like, that that eight-point Boston lead stuck around for a long time, even though Boston wasn't scoring any hoops. It, to me, it might have been ugly basketball, but it was awfully intense. It, uh, everything was contested. How about that, Coach? There was no That was a, about as high of an effort game as I've seen uh, the Miami Heat in, in Celtics play. So. Miami Heat uh, knock off Boston 97-87. They move on to the next round. We haven't even thrown the phone number out here, Big Dog. Uh, any of the fans that want to check in, make some comments here. We apologize, didn't put the number out earlier, but uh, 888-463-6748, digits upon which you can uh, lead to your conduit to uh, enticing sports conversation here. A little NBA basketball lead off the show. 888-463-6748. David Olson did not dial those numbers, but he's our producer. He doesn't have to. He's got a conduit right to us. Yes, David. Just uh, going back real quick to the whole marijuana usage thing. Yeah. Uh, there is a certain player on the Bulls that supposedly turned his game around by cutting down on his consumption. And, and uh, exactly when did Joakim Noah start turning down that consumption? Uh, right when his uh, uh, play started improving about three seasons ago. Okay. Is he still doing the cognac or not? The uh, neck and weed. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, seriously, that, like yeah. particularly when he was a rookie, that was yeah. I mean that was that was the buzz, as it were, is that mm-hmm. uh, he really enjoyed the ganj quite a bit. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, you know, I'm embarrassed that I was not aware they do not test NBA, but they do major league baseball and they do in football. Oh, they do in football, and uh, but here's the thing: is um, for for not for performance enhancing drug tests, coach, because you know there's a difference, supposedly. Yeah. Okay, but I know I don't know how it is in baseball. I can't really speak to that. I think they're all wrapped up into one thing. Mm-hmm. But for football, you have drug tests and steroid tests. So, like, you can have steroids in your system, 
when they're doing the drug test, but they won't test for the steroids, only test for like marijuana, mm-hmm. cocaine, and, and all that. And you know when you're going to get that? You only get it one time a year, and as soon as you get it, you don't have to worry about it for at least 11 months. So like Mark Stepnowski, who played for the Dallas Cowboys, mm-hmm. talked about how he would basically, he would know when it was coming up, he'd be clean for that, that month. Right when it would happen, he would, for the next 11 months, he would yeah, just act. Pretty stupid way to do uh, drug testing. Well, yeah, exactly. They do drug testing in golf because at last week's tournament, Rocco Mediate, he just did not look right to me, Big Doug. You know what? He doesn't look right normally, Coach. <laughs> okay. So, There's no, no knock on, on, on Rocco. He's an odd-looking individual. Mm-hmm. They do drug testing in uh, in horse racing because my horse in the Kentucky Derby? Pants on fire, I kept waiting for him to go. Pants on fire ran extremely mellow, Big Doug. I don't know if they test these uh, horses or not, but I got a feeling pants on fire might have been celebrating the night, maybe even the morning before. You'd be surprised, Coach. Some of these horses, horses love beer. You realize this. I do not. Wow, Coach, this has really been an educational program for you. I'm thoroughly, I don't know if anybody else is, but I'm thoroughly enjoying the experience. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, no, there's many horses that uh, like love beer, believe it or not. All right. Yeah, Pants on Fire finished like a 15th place out of 20 horses. And, uh, you know, the jockey was all ticked off. The owner up in the stands, they showed him. And, you know, the horse has got a smile on his face. Everything's cool. Yeah, but, you know, it's nice. You know, what is, if you can run a quarter, a mile and a quarter, mm-hmm. just over two minutes, you're going to break a sweat. And I got to tell you something, when you're hungover, there's nothing like a good sweat, Coach. I don't know. You know how you always say you like a horse that runs angry? My horse in the Derby ran happy. And it didn't do too well, did it, no. Coach? So maybe we maybe we should stick with horses that aren't uh, getting I, messed up the night before. I like a horse from a couple of years ago, Rash in the Back, who you always said there's going to be a great horse because she runs angry. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, 888-463-6740. You know, they should... They probably do drug testing and boxing. We never even talked about the Showtime Spectacular, Big Doug. You and me are too cheap to pay nineteen ninety nine, but over the weekend, Manny Pacquiao, Pacquiao, Manny Pacquiao, absolutely destroyed Sugar Shane Mosley. And from what I heard, I didn't see it. I, I watched it, Coach. I watched your oh, you great. Pay, you paid the nineteen ninety nine. Uh, actually, uh, the Japino paid the forty dollars for both of us to go into uh, Timothy O'Toole and nice. watch it because. Trust me, if you're Filipino and you're not watching Manny Pacquiao, yes. they revoke your Filipino card. Well, I would argue if you are a sports fan and you love to watch uh, fearless competitors, Filipino or not, I don't think I have any Filipino blood. I may have to check the family tree, Big Doe, but I love Manny Pacquiao. I'll, I'll pay to watch him box, but apparently we didn't get to see him box because his opponent uh, was in for the payday. Would you Would you agree yeah, with that yeah. analysis? I, I just want to let you know something. I love Sugar Shane Mosley. He has had a phenomenal career, and he, you know, he's never been knocked down. And it's not because he ran; he has been an attacker fighter the whole his whole career. He basically got paid and is retiring and is walking off into the sunset. He he didn't he never instigated anything. His whole thing was just try to keep him off of him, mm-hmm. try to keep Pacquiao off of him. And I really don't. He had never any intention of winning the fight. And the only knockdown, but Pacquiao got a knockdown. It's a ridiculous, it's a ridiculous one. Mosley was on, stepping on his foot. It ended up being an accident, but and then tossed uh, Pacquiao, which wasn't an accident. Pacquiao goes down and they start counting. 
it was it was horrible. The place went up for grabs, and I was, we were at Timothy O'Toole, so there was an extremely small Filipino contingent, mm-hmm. and I don't and I don't mean by throngs of people because there were hundreds of them. I meant by the stature, <laughs> the people that were there. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Coach, watching this one little old woman who was sitting in a chair, she can barely reach the table. She was so tiny, just screaming, kill him, Manny, kill him. <laughs> it's worth it, Coach. I really should have had the video camera out. I watched, I, again, I didn't pay the nineteen ninety nine or whatever it was to watch. I did watch the weigh-in, though. When Sugar Shane took off his shirt mm-hmm. for the way that that young man or that 39-year-old man he is cut. I mean, I thought, ooh, Pacquiao. I mean, Pacquiao took off his shirt. You know, he's pretty strong, too. But Mosley is like, he got a bodybuilder's type body. I thought, boy, Pacquiao could be in trouble. And then I read the paper the next day where Mosley, with his great body that he had, didn't even bother throwing any punches. Now, I will always remember Sugar Shane Mosley for when you and I got to a huge argument on on air because uh, over De La Hoya versus Sugar Shane, and then Sugar Shane beat up Love De La Hoya. De La Hoya. Uh, I'd love the fact that Sugar Shane beat out De La Hoya. So he'll always have a, a like a nice a nice spot in my heart, Coach Sugar Shane. But uh-huh. he was getting a payday. There's no doubt. And I would tell him that right now, and he would laugh about it. He'd be like, "Yeah, that's exactly what I did. Thank you very much. I got a couple million dollars now. Okay. Basically, I don't have to worry about my kids' education, my mom's house, or myself for the rest of my life." Reason I brought up his name is I thought maybe you know, based on our previous conversation, maybe the night before he had a team meeting with. Uh, with uh, Tim Duncan and Pants on Fire and a couple other athletes, and maybe uh, you know Sugar Shane was a little too not. happy for the big match. Coach, did you you didn't see the, him coming into the you didn't see it. He came into the ring with like one of the biggest smiles when they introduced him, and it was LL Cool J walking out right next to Sugar Shane Mosley. Okay, singing "Mama Said Knock You Out." <laughs> okay, I'm getting chills right now. Sugar Shane was. It was so happy. He was basking in the energy. He had a chance for the first round or two just because he walked in with LL Cool J. Mama said, knock you out. It was unbelievable. Well, he's happy because he's realizing he's got a strategy to uh, try to escape for the next 15 rounds, and he's got, what, about $15 million coming his way. I'd have a smile on my face, too. Coach, by the way, it's not 1974. There's only 12 rounds in a championship fight. When did they change that? Uh, I would say 1978. Really? I'm shocked. Because <laughs> there has not been a 15-round fight for a, a championship since I would bet Larry Holmes versus Michael Spinks in 1985. <laughs> I feel like that match was was like yesterday. <laughs> Obviously, if you think the 15 rounds. And then it was, and then when Manny Pacquiao came out, he came out to, they show the guy's name. I have no idea. And I was like, who the heck is this guy? And next thing you know, it was like, wow, wow, wow. It was Eye of the Tiger. And Manny was pretty happy, too. You could tell Manny was like, oh, this is pretty freaking intense. I never saw anything like it. They walked out with the guy singing next to him. It was just the two of them. And, the cry, and then, like, their, their posse behind them. Did you take my advice and uh, you too, Manny Pacquiao, singing? Um, and, and sometimes when we touch the Dan Hill hit on the YouTube? No, I didn't know you didn't tell me to do that. I thought we'd talked about that. And I'm I, no, I have to do it now. Yeah, he's, but the only problem is I, I I'm having internet problems, coach. I really uh, don't have. Really, so I you, can't do it. You wanna you wanna talk about it because there is medicine for that. Yeah, I need a computer. Oh, internet problems. Okay, I thought you said something else. Yeah, you can tell me watch them on YouTube, but uh-huh. um, I have to either upgrade my phone, very, which I'm going to do soon. Very tough to watch YouTube without the internet. Exactly, coach. Yeah. All right, let's get back to the. Uh, Lesson at hand, we got sidetracked a little bit by the Tim Duncan discussion. I don't even know how we got on Tim Duncan, but 
Uh, the Miami Heat did defeat the Boston Celtics. They advanced to the championship round Eastern Conference game six tonight, big dog. Everybody in Chicago talking about the uh, big battle, the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, of course, the game will be at Atlanta. We don't want to bring it back to the United Center game six. Uh, I've asked you before. I'll do it again. Your instincts, your thoughts, your prowess on tonight's game six. Do the Bulls wrap it up, or do we got one more game down the road? No, no, the Bulls are going to finish them off tonight. We'll get it done. I, I'm starting to like the matchup. I, I, they've been playing better in all the games. In old game four, they lost, but it, they've been playing better throughout the season, uh, the series, and the, they're going to finish them off tonight. Mm-hmm. Very confidently sounding, Joel Redwell. Not not quite as confident. In fact, if I had to stake my life on it, I'd probably pick Atlanta winning and going back to the United Center for Game 7. It's Atlanta Hawk team, even in defeat, Big Dog. Even in defeat in Game 5, they've got some confidence. they got a little bit of swagger going for them. Have you noticed that? Yeah, I'm not worried about swagger. I'm worried about results. The, the Bulls, the They've, they've been matching up better. They've played better defensively in all the games. They'll finally come together and get it all done today down in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. No pressure on them. You know what I mean? They know they can come back to the United Center. Uh, for some reason, I think they've played almost better on the road. I know they lost that game in uh, game four in both uh, Indianapolis and Atlanta, but I, it's, there hasn't been any difference of home or road. So when people are like, oh, but you got to go to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the Bulls pump out to like a 15-point lead early in this game. The crowd will sit on their hands and they'll leave. Okay, Atlanta fans are the worst. So that's all I got to do is get the crowd out of the game, start out with a good, uh, good start today, and then they'll be able to cruise for another ten-point victory, like I, I told you they would in Game Five. ESPN seven o'clock tonight. Game six. Bulls taking on the Atlanta Hawks. I think it's Brett Musburger and Ronnie Santo doing the game tonight. I'm not sure oh, though. Big dog. Heck yeah. yeah. No, no, you know it's a big game when Musburger's doing it. Seriously. No, no, I don't care what you say, Coach. I love the Brent Musburger games. What about Ron? I think Ronnie Santa would do good on color in basketball. Uh, Ronnie, tell us a little bit about the free throw shooter, young Jamal Crawford. Uh, well, uh, well, he likes to work quickly. <laughs> he does, huh? Yeah, that's about all I know. Too bad he doesn't like to play any defense, but uh, yeah, no, I don't think Brent Musburger's doing the game. Sorry to disappoint you. Yeah, I know it's uh, it's well, it's, it's ESPN and ABC, right? They're all they're all together, so right. there's a possibility. But Musburger doesn't do any NBA, does he? He's all college football, nope. college yep. basketball, isn't yep. it? And Maybe we'll get lucky and get a Brad Nestler sighting. You never know. I don't. Know. I get too confused with the different stations. Who works for what well, station? Brad Nestler we'll... never does any ESPN stuff. Uh, Until this year, when he did the BCS games on on uh, ESPN. Other than that, he's always just been ABC for some reason. That's uh, a bunch so of BCS. Like, yeah, this is true. That's uh, no, a no, bunch of do, BCS. Oh no, he did. Yeah, you know what? He has done basketball on ESPN. Now that I think about uh-huh. it, okay. so there's a chance. Very good. Very good. We should mention one other game played last night. The first uh, non-game between Oklahoma City and Memphis. It was tight. Oh, for maybe two-thirds of the first quarter, then Oklahoma City pulled away, and they uh, killed Memphis by, like, 25 points, Big Doug. So Oak City is up 3-2 now, game six tomorrow at Memphis. Yeah, it, I think it was bound to happen in this series, wasn't it, Coach? Yep. You play so many tight games, it's, sometimes it's hard for both teams to keep up the intensity to keep fighting back and, yep. and keep it a good – because we, we've seen big leads evaporate late. In this series, quickly, I, I remember I was totally wrong yesterday. I was like, hey, don't have the big league late. You're the one who's going to lose this game. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, finally, somebody decided to hang on to one of those leads and extend it. 
Yeah, you could tell there, there was hangover effect from the triple overtime game. So you watch both teams play. Then they were playing. They were competing, certainly Oklahoma City competing a little bit better than Memphis, but the energy level, mm-hmm. you know, where, where that triple overtime game was a 9.5, they could only get it up to about 7.5 decibels yesterday. Yeah. Uh, and understandable. Yeah, they, yeah so that's my point. Is just Eventually, you know, it comes, you, you have a dud every once in a while. And, mm-hmm. you know, both teams couldn't, couldn't hold up. Now, we have Jeff Teague in Atlanta who's come to the foreground, uh, you know, prominent nationally. It's my new, his, his my new man here. crush, as I explained yesterday. Now, everybody, everybody knew who this guy was before, but yep. all of a sudden now he's starting to get some big-time recognition for Oklahoma City as James Harden. He has played yes. really well. In he the was the star game. last night. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that guy, yeah. and he's got one of the best beards in basketball. I was only hoping with the killing of Osama bin Laden, I thought maybe that James Harden would, would shave his beard to go along with that. But no such luck. No, Coach. Thank you very much. You did see the guy, by the way, who shaved his beard. That guy, he needed to be really careful because people would have thought he was Bin Laden. I know. David Olsey never saw that story. Some some dude, regular guy, regular Joe, average Joe, living in suburban wherever. Back in 2000, uh, back in the 9-11 incident, he told his wife, until they catch Bin Laden, I am not shaving the beard. And it finally, you know, they showed him shaving it after the 10 years. And you're right, Big Doug. He, He looked a little bit like Osama himself. You know, the crazy thing was they they just found out that of the the 40 people that, uh, you know, 24 of them that repelled in and went to the compound, one of them was his wife. That's how much she wanted him to shave. She actually went with those (laughs) SOBs. She didn't get the headshot, though. She tried. Yeah, you know, it's all about the effort. That's one woman that wanted that man to shave. Oh, goodness. But you're right. James Harden played outstanding last night. He of the uh, awkward-looking beard. First-round pick out of Arizona State, right? Yeah, that sounds right, Coach. Yeah, a lot of people said, hey, you know, guy's being drafted way too high. Boy, watched him play last night. He was sweet. Shooting the ball, passing the ball, rebounding, defense. He was the player of the game. Yeah, you know, and he's explosive. He's had some of the best dunks in the NBA this year. Mm-hmm. Super I mean, he's, Comes he's a nice all-around player. I'm really surprised by how good he is, Coach. I did, I, You know, he's like a... He's like one of those guys that reminds you of like Shane Battier in mm-hmm. college. Yep. Like good at everything, but not really great at anything. And then you realize if you have somebody like that on the court, they they usually can play NBA basketball and they're a lot better than you really appreciate them to be. Mm-hmm. No question. Big dog and a coach at your service here, folks. Halfway through this uh, one hour experience, eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. The phone number. One other note I had from yesterday, I never got to it, and you talked about the Miami fans and not being that into it and stuff and do you think big dog or how would you react you know your team picks up a lebron james mm-hmm. and then a chris bosh don't you think and i know it's a day and age of you know free agency and stuff but isn't it a little hard to really really root from deep down have that great passion for a team when you know they're kind of on their way to buying a championship. Okay. It's not homegrown talent. They just brought in these guys. You root for them, but I don't think you root for them as hard as you do maybe like a Bulls team that we've kind of seen gather before our eyes. No, no, I, I, I can thoroughly appreciate where you're coming from, Coach. But, but I totally understand. You're talking about how the depth of the passion. There's no question that you know for us watching a homegrown Derrick Rose yep. built around all these guys that we've seen the ups and downs of their careers, like Lou Dang and Joe Kim Noah. Uh, you know, 
we really want to see these guys. And it's funny, the guy that nobody can stand on this team is Carlos Boozer, the paid assassin. What a surprise, Coach. <laughs> but no matter what, if it had been the shoe had been on the other foot, Dwayne Wade and LeBron James come up to Chicago to join Derrick Rose, do you think they would sell out? Can you believe that they didn't sell out the Miami-Boston game until like the last second? Yep. There were tickets available. Not a lot of them, but there were tickets available for the walk-in crowd. That's uh, shocking. There would not be one playoff ticket for any organization in this city possibly available. I don't care if it's the White Sox playing in the first round, the Cubs playing in the World Series, the Blackhawks taking on Nashville in the first round, and the year they snuck into the playoffs backwards, there would not be one available seat in this city for uh, a playoff game, Mm -hmm. period. And, and to say that this, the story that Miami was, they certainly they packed that arena when they just showed up there to say, hey, we're going to put on the Heat jersey and we're going to win the championship this year back in July, but they can't sell out a playoff game? Come on. Uh, Miami fans, I, I know Miami's beautiful and all that, but I, like, there, there's, I, I cannot believe these people in Miami have two baseball championships, goes 1997 and 03. They average like 8,000 a game. They have two world championships. Mm-hmm. And they got another another good team this year. I don't know what the fan attendance is for the Florida Marlins, but uh, it's, it's low again. And you're right, the team is loaded. Yeah. It is loaded. Interesting. The, the Marlins look like legitimately. If I was someone's going to ask me if you couldn't move any player and just had to keep these teams together for the next like eight years, who would be the best team in baseball? I would say either Philadelphia or Florida, mm-hmm. or the Pittsburgh Pirates. As By the way, one other note on Miami. Uh, the Miami Heat. What the heck with their coach, Eric Spolstra? Is he? It just looks. Part A does not fit into Part B. If it were instructions, and I was opening up the new package, I would have thought they sent me the wrong part. It just is it just me, or you, you look at the guy? I don't even know him that well, but there's just something about it that he, you know, he just is he, too, is he too pretty to be an NBA coach? Too pretty. Too young. I don't feel a connection. I, I have you analyzed their? T- I haven't seen enough Miami Heat basketball to watch. Do you watch their timeouts? Do the players pay attention to this guy? Is he Pat Riley's hand? Maybe he's a pretty cool guy. It's just something. Best way I can describe it is is part A does not seem to fit part B. Have you noticed that, or am I? Uh, well, I, I, I wouldn't say he is. He's different than most NBA coaches. The, the I, I completely agree with you. How, he's how so? young. He's okay. good looking and. He tends to focus on things that other coaches don't focus on in press conferences and stuff, and and he, and, and I can I can appreciate that about him. I, I don't have a problem. And if you ask me, is he Pat Riley's handpicked boy? He better be his handpicked boy. Mm-hmm. Pat Riley picked him. More importantly, to the players, uh, maybe I'm blowing complete smoke here uh, as I look at Phil Jackson on the TV screen. Speaking of blowing complete smoke, um, well, that did, was the issue back in November and December. Remember, they were like there was supposed to talk that. They didn't respect the coach. Yeah, well, that's and then, all, when... the, then the players came out publicly, and they're like, "Oh, we respect them." And then, then, then it was put to bed, and nobody has brought that up again. Uh-huh. Okay, but beyond the words, you're a man of tremendous athletic instinct. When you watch the team, watch the timeouts, do you think they're uh, somewhat in in sync with the uh, very hairdressed Eric Spolstra? Um, uh, coach, I, I just want to let you know that what what did they do in their last uh, basketball game? I don't know. They beat the Celtics. Okay. Yeah, so everything is fine and dandy. 
Okay. Everything is skip Jiminy with those okay. people. So they're, they're okay. in sync with their coach yeah. when they're winning. They're not yeah. in sync with their coach when they're losing. Now, now, game five, when they have to go back to the United Center down 3-1, mm-hmm. then the issue is going to be brought up about the fact that they nice. never they, – and then, then the Bulls finish them off. A little bit of foreshadowing for the big dog. I like that. Very well, nice. I, story. I, I like that. Sometimes okay. you roll with me, Coach. What? Yeah. <laughs> One quick note before we move to baseball. Big Dog and a coach at your service. Phone line's open. Folks, dial it up at 888-463-6748. It's a two-pronged <clears throat> two-pronged mission when you call up. It can be painful. It can be positive. The um, slight pain is you do have to have conversation with our producer, David Olson, but it's it's brief. It's pointed pain. It's over. What would you say, Big Dog? About five or six seconds? It's not that bad. That's not so bad. Yeah, and then you get to come on and converse with us. So, you know, a little pain before the pleasure. We've all been down that road before. Again, 888-463-6748. One note before the baseball, Big Dog, we got a Game 7 tonight. Two of the best words in all of sports. Game 7, San Jose taking on the Red Wings. And I haven't watched hockey for a while. Somewhere in my Chicago Bull watching tonight, I will tune over and watch the third period at least of San Jose against the Red Wings. Well, well, the the nurse will be over, coach, and you know I haven't seen her in a while, and she is going to let me watch the Bulls game. So I, I, I'm going to have to do something extraordinary before the game or after the game. That's putting yeah. a lot of pressure if it's after. Tell the nurse be able to get the hockey game in, also, if you know what I'm talking about. I hear you. I hear you. A lot of activity for one evening. You're not exactly a young man anymore. You got to be ready to do tomorrow's award-winning show. So I understand limited activity. I'll be fine for the show tomorrow. I have enough energy to hold a phone in my mouth for for an hour. Okay. <laughs> but game seven. Tell the nurse game seven. Those two words should mean something. If not, it might be time for another nurse. You know how to say it in Tagalog, Coach? I beg your pardon. Exactly. So I don't know. I said Game 7 Tour. I don't know if it has the same right. translation. Well, if you don't watch it, I'll report it to you because, uh, of course, the storyline there is San Jose had the Red Wings beat, right? They were up 3-0, and all of a sudden Detroit wins what seemed like a harmless Game 4. Then all of a sudden they beat San Jose, the Shark, at, uh, at San Jose in Game 5. Come back to Detroit, win it in Game 6 all of a sudden. Very similar to the Hawks series. you got a backtracking San Jose team now trying to hang on. So, should be um, interesting. No, no, no. Honestly, coach, what is your what is your feeling of what's going to happen tonight? I think I San, mean, I, San Jose will uh, pull it off. You are in, a, in an extreme minority because if anybody that lives in the Bay Area in California right now has pretty much written off the San Jose Sharks and they uh, have assumed the position and know the season's done. San oh. Jose is the biggest choke team in sports the last four or five years. Honestly, coach, they really think about it. In all of sports, all I know is when you think when you think hockey, you lose. think you think the town of San Jose. Well, the, that's the point. Is they'll have the number one record <laughs> in all of the NHL and then yeah. lose in the first round. So uh, this would be even, even more symbolic of them because it, you know they they got off to the great start in the playoffs and everything looks rosy, everything's good, and then if, you know they get to the second round, and they're up three nothing on the on the team that everybody considers as a, as a, as one of the favorites, Detroit. Whether they're the one or eight, Detroit's always. Mm-hmm. And now they're they're facing losing a, a three zero lead. Well, they need their goalie to stand on his head tonight. Antti Niemi is their goalie. He's got a large melon, big dog. I'm going with Antti Niemi and the San Jose Sharks. You know, my my cousin is a season ticket holder for the San Jose Sharks. Wow, he's even the though, he's the one, huh? Even though he, I, I tell you some great. He was. I think I sent you the picture. He, you know, he's on the glass uh, in San Jose. He's a. Uh, 
Uh, he does a bunch of IT stuff, so he's he's doing pretty well. He's made a couple movies, uh-huh. but he's a diehard Hawk fan. But he owns season tickets, so he would go to these, the these charge games all year long. And all of a sudden, like the Hawks come to town, yeah. and he shows up wearing the, the Blackhawks jersey. Like all the people, the season tickets around him, like freaked out. So like, I'm a diehard Hawks fan. What are you talking about? Eh, come on. So, uh, but uh, it's over, Coach. It's over with. That, that, there, there is no hope for people in San Jose right now. Uh-huh. It's, it's I've, I, like I've never seen a team that normally, like a lot of times, you get down three zero, and then you give up the three the three games and it comes back home. The home team, is, the fans are a little miffed and a little nervous that you put them in that situation, but they still believe and they're behind you. It isn't like that in San Jose right now, Coach. Mm-hmm. Like, like they're mad about it and angry. You got me convinced. We'll come back tomorrow and talk about it, but it is a uh, intriguing game. And again, I haven't watched hockey since the Blackhawks got eliminated. I need to revisit it. Very difficult with the Bulls game on at 7 tonight. The Red Wings and San Jose on at 8. And in addition to that, assuming the rain holds off, I'm scheduled to umpire three games tonight. Big Day won't be home till 10 o'clock. So I do have a bit of a quandary ahead of me. Well, I'd umpire for you. Any suggestions for me, by the way, as I go behind the plate umpiring uh, three Corex softball games? Have you uh, have you ever seen uh, Naked Gun? Just start calling strikes before the pitch. It's right when it's really starting. <laughs> <laughs> Don't start swinging the bat. I promise you that much. Coach. First first game starts at six thirty. The final game's over at eight ten, and I'm there. I'm home for the second half of the Bulls game. You know what? And, and or you could do it the other way. Give all one team the calls. They get up to a ten nothing lead. Fourth inning, game over. Yeah. You always do that the last game, though, Coach. Yeah. You can't pl- get home any earlier than the start of the last. That's game. that's the problem. You can get the six thirty game, seven thirty game over quick, but you got the nine o'clock game. You got to still deal with. No, but, that uh, that would when I was when I was right from that would happen. We three games right in a row. We're like heck yeah, forty five minutes. They were all. Now let me ask you this, Pedro. In the league that I umpire, in the uh, they have designated positions. The female must be the catcher. How do you deal, man of experience uh, such as yourself? How do you deal with the attractive? female catcher and trying to concentrate on the game and your balls and strikes calls. Ladies and gentlemen, professional, adult softball umpire Joel Radwanski. Uh, well, it's really easy, Coach. You know, I'm a really good softball player. I can hit balls exactly where I want them to do. What you do is you foul tip one off, have it hit her, and then you go over there and you can console her. Oh, I'm so sorry. Are you okay? Now, you're not the batter. You're the umpire. Oh, oh, I'm the umpire. As an There's, umpire. No, 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 no I... How do you, I, I, no, I, I can deal with that. Coach. Okay, I, that's that's no problem. I'm you really do you you do have mind. to uh, you basically you got to turn off the switch, right? And, and I'm like, oh, thank goodness I'm wearing a cup. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I don't want to. I don't okay. know what you mean. I don't think I know want to know what you mean. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you for that outstanding advice. I'm sorry I asked. All right, let's move to some baseball real quick. Big Dog Cubs and Cardinals game three today, 120, the tip-off. The series is even now. St. Louis won game one yesterday amidst the rain. The Cubs got the bats going, actually not amidst the rain, after the rain. They scored six runs in the third, four runs in the fifth inning. Cubbies win it 11-4. Much-needed breakout for your beloved baseball team. You know, isn't Starlin Castro just fun to watch? Woo. Whether whether the ball's getting, you know, taking a bad hop and hitting him in the chin, or whether he's lining a a shot in the gap and he's flying around the third base. Never a dull this, moment. This is a fun Cubs team to watch, Coach. And, and you know, I've been begging for it for years. I wanted to see a youth movement. And I know other Cubs fans think I'm crazy, 
But those same Cubs fans who thought I was crazy now are like, you know, this team is fun and we actually have a future. Yes, believe mm-hmm. it or not, we have a future. We don't have to look at old and slow anymore. We can look at young and bad, but at least they're going to be good eventually. Mm-hmm. So. Are you with me, by the way? I've had this in my notes like the last week and a half and never bring it up. So it's a little bit of old history, but are you with me in that Mike Quade, and I like Mike Quade, uh, that he overthought himself? about three weeks ago or even a month ago when the Cubs were having some success and for the next, oh, six, seven, eight years. He doesn't need to change the first two guys in the lineup. Starlin Castro should be the leadoff man. Darwin Barney should be batting second. Stop moving Castro around. Bat those guys one and two, and for the next seven years, just worry about the next seven batters in your order. I couldn't agree more with you, Coach. And and First of all, the second hitter, Darwin Barney, can control the bat. Yep. He can hit. He can do the things you want your second hitter to do, to, in order so you can push around a run and and get a run in the first inning. They were having great success with Castro early on. You know, he's so good. We got to bat him third up, and then they moved him the sixth up when he's down. Stop it! Don't overthink it. Castro first, Barney second, then fill out the rest of your lineup. The 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 most important part of the Starlin Castro theory is this, Coach. Have you heard them being like, oh, yeah, we think he can be a third hitter and hit 20 home runs a season? Yeah, forget about it. No, 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 no. Maybe he can, but we don't know if he can, so don't put him in a situation where he's supposed to. Plus. Leave him, leave him at number one. If you, if in the middle or at the end of this year, we're like, well, you know what? He is going to hit 20 home runs a season. Then we move him down, Coach. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. It's yeah. so dumb putting him one and two. Yep. Leave it alone. Yep. Leave it alone. Yep. I've had that in my notes for like a couple of weeks, never seen to bring it up. I mean, a young kid having success at that spot, don't mess with it. Everybody else is struggling. Don't move the few successful mm-hmm. pieces you got. And, and, and legitimately, they could end up being this combination of knowing when the hit and run is happening. It, 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 being like when, when Castro's on second base, be able to lean a certain way and give Barney the, the the pitch indication, yep. you know what I mean? And they can, they can grow together, yep. But uh, that's what should be happening right now, Coach. And, and as a diehard baseball fan, diehard Cubs fan, that's enjoyable to me. I can watch that and see these two kids grow up before our eyes, and next thing we know, when we think it's a five-year deal, it ends up being a two-year deal, and they're good mm-hmm. next year winning the division. No that's question. What they, they need to stick. When, when, Coach, whenever I say a three-year plan, I really mean a one-year plan, just mm-hmm. to let you know. But I just yeah. – I, I agree with you totally. We don't do this very often. So. <laughs> Rare moment in time. Giovanni Soto with a groin injury. He goes on the DL. We will be seeing a new catcher. We know Koye Hill, a nice backup catcher. But uh, Ronnie Santo, if you could, tell the Cub fans a little bit about their brand-new catcher up from AAA, Wellington Castillo. Uh, you know, this guy has been in their system for a long time, and he had one really good year a few years back. Sort of like a burrito. The same year that Giovanni Soto won Rookie of the Year in the, you know, in the Cosmo, I mean, in the in the National League. So mm-hmm. he wasn't about to come up there. So he's actually uh, somebody that they think could be a major league catcher coach. Okay. Uh, it's it's a quality. He could be a quality backup. Uh, right now, you know, he's probably going to start. Anytime there's a really good uh, left-handed pitcher. Hit the heck out of the ball in spring training, right? Yeah, he did. He did. The kid kid, the kid's got a little pop. He mm-hmm. reminds me of Giovanni Soto, Coach. He really does. I think he's like, uh, and they're about the same age. He's just said Giovanni Soto's right. been in the major leagues and, and Washington Castillo hasn't. Based on your description, I'm going to nickname him Pork Runs. Because you said he's been in the system for a long time. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yes.
Thank you very much. 888-463-6748. We switched from a scintillating NBA basketball discussion to our limited expertise here in the world of baseball. Cup. We're talking about the... limited. No, no, maybe for you, Coach. Yeah, you're right. You are. Joel's an actual uh, expert. Six to four, they knock off the Cardinals game three today. By the way, two pitchers that look really, really good for the Cub yesterday. The more I watch him, uh, not only when he pitches, but even when he's not pitching. I love the attitude and enthusiasm, the almost boyish youth of a veteran player. But Matt Garza, he I love his attitude, and I'll tell you what, his fastball was clicking last night. Big This kid's a better pitcher than I thought he was. Yeah, it's see, Coach. It really is nice to see, especially how much the Cubs gave away. I did not like the trade, so I was like, the only thing that's going to save this trade is if Garza's a lot better than I thought he was. Yeah. And I, I still don't know if the trade was good, but he is better than, than I thought. I've seen him uh, for the simple fact that he's got that it's a sinker ball fastball. Yes. It goes down. And if you're going to pitch in Wrigley Field, Wrigley Field is much more suited for his talents mm-hmm. than Tampa Bay was, Coach. So maybe he'll pitch even better here than he did back in Tampa. He's not but gonna... he has a lot better team around him in Tampa than he does in Chicago. That's the one thing I'm worried about. So He's not going to take his talents to my, to South Beach, is he? I, I, okay. I certainly hope not. That doesn't happen for baseball players, Coach. Okay. At fastball. The last time a big free agent went to Florida, it was the spring of 1997, and they've never done it. Uh, who was that ex-Cub pitcher, Mike Harkey, I think you're talking about? No, they had that whole team. Remember, like, they had Moises Alou and Darren yeah. Dalton and Gary Sheffield and mm-hmm. Devon White. Uh, they, uh, Wayne Huizinga bought that team a championship, mm-hmm. and their attendance went from 8000 a game to 8200 a game. And he said, I don't really feel like losing $85 million next year, so he sold the whole team off. Yep. And the, you know, whatever. Sad but true. Sad but true. Hey, what other pitcher to talk about before we switch over to the White Sox and try to sneak in a quick baseball round him up, wrap him up, Sean Marshall. Nothing uh, overly phenomenal yesterday. Just did his job again. And we got to mention his, uh, if not spectacularness, if I could use that word, his uh, tremendous consistency this year. His ERA is under one. The guy comes in and gets the job done each and every time. Really a very uh, underrated star of Major League Baseball. I'm sorry, Coach. Sean Marshall, you said, right? Yep. Yeah, I've loved this kid for years, and he is, without a doubt, one of the best left-handed relievers in the game of baseball. Mm-hmm. And you can say that's the last thing a lot. You know, I know he's not—he's never been a closer. He probably could do it if you asked him to, but he has been nothing but consistent for the Cubs since he's been up. And, you know, it's funny. is Early on in his career, they made him a starter. Then he was just a left-handed out guy. Then he was a starter. And everywhere he went, he had success all the time. No matter what he's done as a Cub, if you look at his career, you go to baseball-reference.com and look at Sean Marshall and look at every one of the seasons, you're going to be like, wow. Especially considering the first three years he was in the league, they never told him what he was doing until the day mm-hmm. of. Oh, by the way, you got to start today. You're forgetting the many, many years he spent in uh, one of the great abysses in all of Major League Sports, middle relief in baseball. Yeah, and then a couple of years, and he's been awesome. Yep. 07 and 08, Sean Marshall was one of the keys to those teams. He had some huge, huge outs in their run to the playoffs in those seasons. I had an uncle that played minor league baseball, Big Dud. They turned him into a middle reliever. We never heard from him again. Oh, that's too bad. Couldn't find him. Uh, all right, quickly switching over to the White Sox. Way too late for my blood. I don't know if sports reactionary Joel Radwanski stayed up for the end of this puppy, but the White Sox knock off Anaheim. Great ball game. They got ahead early, then they're behind. They score a run in the eighth. 
two in the ninth dramatically to tie it up and two more in the tenth to win a game for a team that's had a lot of downs. They needed that up. White Sox six, and I'm for a thriller, big dog. Yeah, uh, that I was going in between Oklahoma City, Memphis, and uh, the the Sox and the, the Angels at this point. The not the real sex had, part nine did not sneak in there? No, I, no, I didn't get to do any of that. Now, the Cubs had just finished, and I switched the channel. Yep. And Adam Dunn was at bat, which is always nice. You love to see the Adam Dunn at bat because either you're going to see just a mighty strikeout or, or, or the ball go about 8 million miles if he doesn't walk, which he does, you know, a lot. But did you see the home run he hit last night? Did not. Oh. <laughs> you know, you know they, uh, Hawk Harrelson has a new nickname for him. Yeah. I, I, honestly, you know, Hawk Harrelson puts some good nicknames on some people. This uh, Big Hurt is still the best nickname. He'll never be able to top that. Just for the simple, it's uh, that's almost it's like the perfect nickname. Mm-hmm. One dog is pretty good, but Big Hurt. How about this one for Adam Dunn? Grand Canyon. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, and coach, he hit this one yesterday. I mean, legitimately, they were like like Stone and him were talking about something. He hit the ball, and it, and all Harrelson did was go yes. <laughs> it was one of the. It probably took about two and a half seconds to get out of the park. Anaheim's a pretty big park. It's got the high wall. He hit it straightaway right field about 30 rows up on a line. It, it, it was what I, I've seen more majestic home runs by him. I've never seen him hit a line drive home run. I swore the ball was still going up when it hit the stand. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Adam Dunn might be getting his stroke down. And if he does, Coach, like we said, the White Sox are going to go on like a six-week tear. So that's like 40 games. Right now, they might have to go like 28 and 12 in order to get back. But that's to, that, uh, that's a realistic tear. If you're asking for you know 20 and two, no, 28 and 12. That, that, that that's a consistent tear. They're capable of pulling that off, especially, especially when it gets warm. Yeah, when it gets warm, the big hitters come around. By the way, Adam done four hits yesterday, not just the Grand Canyon shot. Yeah, I love yeah. that, love yeah. that nickname. But then we got to mention Jake Peavy. Now they got another starter back. He wasn't. Great, but he was pretty good. Six innings, four strikeouts, no walks. So they got a pretty solid pitching staff, Big Dog. But uh, Peavy's first game back, I would think, today, and how he feels the next couple days will be crucial. That was an excellent point. I was, I was about to mention that just the way the, the, the basketball game and Cubs game, I didn't get to see Peavy throw a pitch yesterday. I did not see an angel at bat until the seventh inning. Mm-hmm. So. I'd love to talk to Mrs. Peavy today. David Olson, if you could get a hold of uh, – the beautiful and the lovely Mrs. Peavy, because the key is when he got out of bed this morning, assuming he is, in fact, out of bed, how did he feel after throwing 87 pitches? The next couple days will tell the tale, Big Dog. Well, I don't think Mrs. Peavy knows where he's at either. Stop it. Stop it. Why would his mom not have anything to do with what Jake Peavy, I mean, like waking up with him in the morning? You mean Jake is not married? I doubt it. And plus, he's in Anaheim. You don't bring the wives with you to Anaheim. Oh, I forgot about you know that. Much, you know how many strip clubs there are in Orange oh. County, Coach? <laughs> hey, by the way, my guy, the, the, the guy you wanted to replace with Jake Peavy, Sergio Santos, very quietly, very quietly, two more innings pitched, no runs. Gave up, I think, one hit, maybe one walk in a couple innings. He's been unbelievable for the White Sox. Matt Thornton got the win. But it, it, Santos came in, pitched two great innings. How about that final out? I don't know if you saw the replay or not. No, I did not. Did not. Final out of the game, uh, Paulie Canerco fields it to his right behind the back pass to a sprinting. Matt Thornton, who steps on the base barely to get the final out celebration exudes. Yeah, and if the White Sox are going to go 28-12 and over a quarter of the season mm-hmm. this year, 
they're going to need Matt Thornton yep. to be dominant, as dominant as he was horrific at the beginning of the season, Coach. Mm-hmm. You know how they say your stats normally even out? Well, if that's going to happen, Matt Thornton's going to go on like a 25-inning scoreless streak and save 18 to 20 games in the middle of that, in the middle of that or get that many holes. And by the way, let me, let me just reiterate, PB, I wanted to be a seven or eighth inning guy, a reliever, not and to see how he was before I would okay. ever just throw him in. I would not have PB's first attempt to be a, as a closer. Okay, that is your one reiteration for the week. Uh, keep in mind, tomorrow's show you will have no reiterations left, so be careful what you say. Yeah, you know, you've used a couple that I haven't called on. Well, you know, as a, the host of the show, I get an extra reiteration. All right, big deal. We got to wrap up today's reiteration. Uh, great. Job. We will talk to you tomorrow for a spectacular, I'm sure, Friday show. Hopefully talking about a Bulls-Miami Heat series, huh? Yeah, that's what we'll be talking about, Coach. I promise, everyone. Uh, you're, you're a lot more confident than I'm. I'm going to say hope. You truly believe it. Yes, have, a, have a great day, Big Dog. Later. All right, there it is. Big Dog signing off. David Olson, our producer. Phenomenal job. As per usual, D. Olson, the rock of Gibraltar, a rock of consistency on the other side of the glass. Have a great day, everybody. It's the TalkZone.com. Two guys at a mic. We're signing off. See you tomorrow at 10, and don't be late.